Everybody want to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. Imagine making a difference. No, imagine being the difference. The difference between I can't and I can or I won't and I will. The reason someone chooses to wake up and strive for greatness. In life, it can feel like everything is working against you. Let's defy all odds and break generational curses. This is Overstepping Poverty with Daquan and Zacchaeus. Welcome back to Overstepping Poverty, the podcast that provides you with tips, tricks, and hacks in overstepping poverty. My name is Daquan Brooks, and I'm here with my co-host, Zakia Shaw. How you doing, Zakias? I'm doing good, brother. Hey. <laughs> you know, it's been a crazy week. This past weekend, got to spend some time, go down to the Omaha Zoo, which I haven't been to in about 20 years, um, and got to see, you know, life through my son's eyes, which was really cool. So I like that. I love um, that. Yeah, it was it was a good experience, a lot of fun, like one of our first trips with him being able to really know what was going on. So it was a lot of fun. How you been, bro? That's good. I'm doing great, man. It's man, this week has been it's been flying, actually, you know, but it's been a great week. It's been a great day today, like really just flew by. But I felt like all day I was positive through the entire day. Mm-hmm. There just wasn't anything. And then I had something to look forward to. And that's getting to this podcast. I mean, we, it's been a week since we recorded and that's been, it feels like a long week, especially it when does. you have such special guests um, on the podcast and you just want to hear their story and you want them to tell everyone else about them, the things yeah. that, you know, obviously people don't know. Most people just see, you know, one part of person of a person or of an individual, you know, and there's, there's more to it. And yeah. so, now we're here. I'm excited. So let's go. Let's get into the podcast today. Yeah. Speaking of special guests that we bring on here today is no different. We're bringing on somebody who is a business owner. She's mm-hmm. an entrepreneur. She's a mother uh, to two awesome children. She's yeah. got a podcast herself. Mm-hmm. Through everything she's been through, she yeah. always strives to get better and move mm-hmm. forward. And mm-hmm. today we have a very special guest, like I said. Mona Lisa. Thank hey. you. Hi, guys. Hi. Oh. Hey. Y'all, this is different because usually I'm the one interviewing people. Right. So, wow. I'm excited, though. I'm excited Good. to get into it and, you know, hopefully um, give a new perspective and just kind of share my story and what I've been through, yeah. um, you know, in life. Exactly. You know, so thank you. It. Thank you guys for having me on. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. We're, we're yes. excited to have you. Originally, mm-hmm. at this time, our, our episode with yeah. Tyler had already aired and... We had thought about having you guys on together, but I think it's important because mm-hmm. you guys have both mm-hmm. amazing stories and, yeah. and have prospered through really tough times. So, again, thank you for yeah. coming on. Thank you for that. Honestly, like I was kind of telling you before, um, Tyler and I were always on like podcasts or we're doing things together. And right. it, he's kind of like my safety net. Like mm-hmm. when I don't want to answer a question or when I don't want to talk, I'm like you you know (laughs) so like and so now i'm like yo like this is my opportunity to actually open up and be vulnerable and talk about you know the things that i've been through through my life um and hopefully inspire someone out there you know a young a young girl that's Mm -hmm. looking at this that may be going through a lot of darkness because if i'm being honest i've been through a lot of darkness in my life from childhood to 
young adulthood and you know that's my main thing is just really showing people that you can overcome that darkness yeah. um and so yeah i'm excited yeah I'm super super excited and speaking you know of yeah. that journey that you've been through that's yeah. actually what we want to get into yeah, right away sure. um i always talk about a resume and most people mm. think as a, of a resume as something affiliated with a job or mm. it has to do with the job purpose or anything like that but to me a resume is exactly the things you went through to get to where you're at today. It's everything that built you. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I hear a resume or anything like that, it ultimately takes back to, well, how's your past? You know, mm-hmm. what made you who you are today? So mm-hmm. I want you to take us through that journey mm-hmm. on exactly where you're from, how yeah. you grew up, you know, and how did you get to this point? Yeah. Wow. That's a big question. All right. Let me, let me start. Let me go back to little Mona. Yeah. All right, <laughs> um, I've been yeah no. So I grew up, well, okay, so I was born in Fargo, North Dakota. Do you okay. guys know where Fargo is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I was there, and then I moved here probably when I was like three, four years old. And I grew up here, and at a very early age, you know, honestly, if I'm being honest, my life was really chaotic. Mm. Um, not a lot of balance or st- um, stability when it right. came to mm-hmm. my life. It was me, my mom, and my sister growing up. When we moved here, it was uh, me my dad and my sister until they got a divorce. And so that was at a very young, young age. It was at the age of five. And I remember that. That was honestly. Are you, are you the oldest? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. So it's just me and my sister. And then I do have half siblings. Okay. My dad did remarry, had kids. And then I have step siblings as well. My mom also remarried. Sure. So it's just been me and my sister um, yeah. for the most part. But, you know, as I can remember, you know, at the age of five, when my dad left, that was honestly probably like my biggest trauma right then and there was um, when him leaving. You know, I remember him telling you know, the day before I was like telling him like, yo, like, don't, I don't want you to leave. I don't want you to leave. The next day I go to school, I come back and all of his stuff is gone. I was like, where's dad? Mm -hmm. He left. And so from that moment on, it kind of felt like I was alone because my mom, she was a young mom. She had me at 19. And so growing up with a single mom, she's a young mom going through her own struggles. Um, I give her grace now. She's going, you know, going through her own struggles, going to college, working, multiple jobs um so it was just me and my sister for the most part growing Mm. up i grew up here in sioux falls south dakota um you know we grew up went to elementary here middle school high school here until i got kicked out of my mom's house because she was like i could not handle you no more Mm. she kicked me out i went to my dad's but backstory throughout those years you know my mom was a single mom and she was doing the best that she could. And um, like I said, I give her grace. For the longest, if I'm being honest, it was kind of like, damn, mom, why did you do this to me? Right. For a long time, you know, I was um, in that victim mentality. I'm no longer in that victim mentality because as a young mom myself, I can relate now. It's hard. Right. It's very, very hard being a young mom and trying to make it in this world. So, you know, me and my sister were alone a lot and you can only imagine no guidance really, um, just kind of fending for ourselves. She was at work a lot of the time. So when you ain't got no guidance, you are a troublemaker. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You really are, you know? So I was in the crowd that wasn't really the best, you know, growing up here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota was hard for me because I did get in a lot of trouble here. And it was difficult. It was hard until the moment when, my mom finally had the last straw. It's crazy because one of my friend's parents came to the house one night. We were, I don't know what we were doing. We were being stupid, troublemakers. Right. And that was the last straw for my mom. Mm. Um, the next day, she's like, you got to go live with your dad. Like, I can't. I can't do this no more. Um, so How old were you at that time? I was 
I want to say 13, 14. Okay. So, yeah. So, about yep. to be heading into high school yep, yep. soon? Oh, yeah. So, I was a freshman, actually. I was a freshman. So, I think I was 14. Okay. Because I, w- I went to Roosevelt for half of the year, freshman year. Okay. Until mm-hmm. uh, my mom was like, I'm done. I can't do it no more. Because, you know, at that time, I was skipping school. I was getting into getting stuff. Into getting it. into yep. stuff. I wasn't, you know, wasn't mm-hmm. focusing on school. And not only that, like... I know this is kind of all over the place, but not only that, I kind of want to get into to school aspect. Like for me, for instance, um, I wasn't the smartest kid in school. You know, I, ha- I have ADHD. Mm. So as you can imagine, I don't know if you Same. guys. Yeah, my, my brain is all over the place, guys. It's, mm. it's constantly going from place to place. So mm-hmm. growing up, having ADHD, not being able to really learn how the other students learn made me feel really dumb and stupid. You know, like I honestly was a below average student growing up. That's relatable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yep. So I actually had to take like extra classes to mm-hmm. to learn and to get me on track with school. So right. like even that in itself growing up was very hard because I was, you know, I was looked at, oh, she's dumb. There was moments where like I would wait until everyone went to class and then I would be in the bathroom and I would like sneak into the class that I had to go to because I was ashamed of being in, Dang. you know, an extra class that I needed help in. Right. So like mm-hmm. that was pretty much my life was like mm-hmm. the underdog i guess you can say to be mm-hmm. quite honest yeah living with my dad so fast forward getting into a lot of trouble here which i'm thankful now because i honestly if i was still here i feel like i would have really went down a bad path with drugs and yeah. really mm-hmm. yeah experimenting with all of that stuff so do you think your mom saw that yeah for sure yeah. she definitely saw that and even though she wasn't really around like i said she was you know kind of doing her own thing that's one thing that i do appreciate about my mom now is that she saw that and she saw that hey my daughter can't be here no more because she will go down that wrong path like Mm -hmm. you know and so living with my dad it was different because to be quite honest i didn't really grow up with my dad after he left it was like once a year i would see him so like not having that emotional connection with him was really difficult to then just automatically moving with my dad Mm -hmm. but in a sense like I wanted that for so long to finally feel what it felt like to live with my dad, you know? So it was like Mm -hmm. this weird mindset that I had, like I'm living with my dad, but at the same time, I really don't know him. I barely know my siblings. Once a year, I would see them. You know what I mean? Did your sister go with you? No, she didn't. So she stayed with your mom. Yeah. So she actually stayed with my mom and it's crazy because so my mom was pretty much single throughout my whole life she had a long-term boyfriend but it was very off and on i don't want to go in detail with that because mom right. if you listening i don't want to put out your business but <laughs> it was very um shout out to mom yeah for yeah. real yeah. i love you but um it was very just on and off like yeah it was chaotic in that too like my life was very chaotic right yeah so my sister actually stayed behind with my mom for a little bit and during that time when i moved with my dad my mom then found her husband. Okay. So it was that even that too, like, damn, like that's crazy. I, I'm gone for a year. <laughs> you found a whole new husband. Like, and I barely know him. So mm-hmm. that was even weird in itself mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Love you now, Ryan. Don't take this the wrong way. But <laughs> <laughs> Right. But um, so like living with my dad. Yeah, no. So my sister stayed with my mom for a little bit. And then I think she moved. 
she moved in with my dad for a little bit because my mom was then moving to Redfield with her husband. Okay. So do you guys know where Redfield is? Yeah, it is a I do, small actually. ass mm-hmm. town. Like, nah. <laughs> kind of by, is it by Tulare? Yeah. Yep. 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 Very, very Two small Two places town. that no one never knows. Or <laughs> yeah. knows. For sure. I know. That's why I'm like, dang, it's so <laughs> yeah. cool. And someone's like, I know where Redfield is. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> for real, though. But, um, mm. <laughs> yeah, no. So, like, living with my dad, it was really, really different because, um, like I said, didn't really have an emotional connection with him, but he actually was there and was a parent. Like my Mm. mom, like again, no shame on my mom. She was a young mom going through her own struggles, going through her own things, figuring Mm. it out. Like she really, you know, it was me. In different stages. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And at that time, you know, my dad was married. So living with him, it was like, I didn't know him, but at the same time, it's like, wow, I finally get to experience what it's like living with my father, Mm -hmm. you know? Cause like, I didn't have a father really growing up. Yeah. And so that was really different, like having rules and stuff. Cause with my mom, I had like no rules. I could mm-hmm. like do whatever the frick I wanted to that do. Structure. Yeah. And like my dad, y'all, he was so strict. Oh my <laughs> God. Like he literally like was so, so strict. I, I just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what the heck? Like I couldn't have sleepovers. That's when I met Pedro, the father of my kids. Right. Was actually when I was living with my dad Okay. at the age of 14. And so even like having Pedro over, like my dad would literally be sitting right next to us the whole time. We could not be alone. (laughs) The only time we could be alone is if we were going on a walk. Right. And so when we were going on this walk outside, that's, you know, that's when we would do our little makeout session and, you know, do what kids, you know, teenagers do. That was the only time (laughs) my dad's listening. I'm sorry. But um, that's the only time that like, yeah, my dad was very, very strict, Mm -hmm. but you know, living with him, I got a little bit of structure. I was on a right path. Even my grades and stuff, my dad made sure, you know, mm. like being in school, he actually got me on medication for my ADHD, which okay. I needed for so, so long. Right. And once I got on that medication, even my grades, y'all like skyrocketed. Because mm. I was doing like D's and F's and it went to an A and B and I was like, wow, right. you know? So like, I don't know. I just feel like the dynamic was different. But for sure, that only lasted like a year because my spoiled self, I was a rebellious kid, to be quite honest, you know, as you can imagine, like growing up in a house with no structure, you think you're an adult at the age of like 10, 11. So moving with my dad, I thought I was an adult, you know, and he's (laughs) like, no, like there's rules here and we have structure here. Like you can't just go do what you want to do, you know, you know, and so that was really hard for me, very hard because I didn't have that. Like I said, like being with my mom, I thought I was an adult. And so you kind of had to be one. Yeah, though, right? I really Take did. Yeah. Yep. Cause I was, yeah. Yep. I was alone. And so that only lasted a year and I moved back with my mom to Redfield now. So okay, I was so in Sioux moved, Falls. Yeah. Yep. So then she was in Redfield. And so when I moved back to Redfield, that was a big adjustment because there's only like what 50 kids in a class <laughs> that was so and two like living in a small town it's very clicky super mm. super clicky and so like i was the new kid in redfield and that was different because the new kid when you're in a small town no one likes you right like right. everyone's kind of dogging on you like and so that's kind of how it was for me just i didn't really have no friends it was different everyone was 
I was bullied. I was bullied. Yeah. Honestly, I was bullied throughout my whole life, to be quite honest, with a lot, even in Sioux Falls, very yeah. bullied. Um, just because I think the way I was, I do feel like I was a lot more different than other kids, you know, very hyperactive, very goofy. And yep. people saw that and looked at that as a weakness. Mm-hmm. And so um, I would get bullied for who I was as a person. So really like, I was like in my shell. They like, wanted you to fall And I'm line. still, yeah, right. and I'm still kind of in that shell a little bit. Like, I'm a very goofy person, yeah. to be quite honest, but like, I'm afraid to show it because of, I used to get bullied for it. So, right. like, I like shut it down. But um, going back in Redfield, you know, that was really different, really, really different. And I don't really like that. But right. yeah. <laughs> I didn't really like that. It was. Where did your dad live? Oh, so he lived in Fargo. Okay. Yeah, he so now lives in, in Texas. Yeah, my you. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was living in Fargo and he moved to Texas after I moved out. And the reason why he was living in Fargo is because he did want to be close to us. Um, But like, that's honestly like a whole nother subject. Like with my mom and my dad, they just really didn't get along. It was always fighting. And so like, you can only imagine like when the mom and dad are fighting, it's hard for the, you know, for children to have a relationship with their dad. Mm -hmm. And so like, I'm beyond, I give my mom so much grace now. Like, you know, I know she went through a lot, but it's like, she kind of pinned my dad to be the bad guy growing up. So it's kind of like, I never, you know, I never felt that, you know, yeah, I never felt that connection with him. That's very relatable, I think, for a lot of people. And just, I think that's how society works a lot of times. Um, Being a father myself, I feel like Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where Mm -hmm. you learn Mm -hmm. that's a part of the sacrifices that come with being a father is you're not always getting the better end of the stick, Mm -hmm. I guess, Mm -hmm. to say. So uh, very relatable because I kind of grew up in the same situation where there was... a lot of arguing and yelling and stuff so i know exactly and it sucks too because yeah it's like you kind of have to pick sides you know what i mean and so that was hard because it's like when i was with my dad like i remember i just wanting to always stay with him and be with him because i wanted to get to know him more but then at the same time my mom's over here it it was Mm -hmm. just a lot of chaos just yeah it was a lot yeah pulling me in different directions and as a young person you know that's hard like you barely know yourself you don't even know yourself at that age (laughs) (laughs) right but yeah no um so like being in Redfield with my mom, that was different. Um, at the time, I, I was dating Pedro at the time. Okay. And so, you know, he would come and visit me. And that's how I got pregnant at 15. At 15. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, one night, you know, he came and visited Redfield, South Dakota, <laughs> got a hotel because he was 18 at the time. Okay. So he was older than me. Yeah. And so, yeah, he came. And, you know, and then a month later, I found out I was pregnant with wow. Aaliyah. And wow, that was what was that like? Scary, so scary. I cried and cried and cried because I was afraid, I was scared. But it's weird because my mindset at that time, too, was like, I can have a family now. That's how it felt because wow. I was longing for a family for yep. so long with my mom and my dad. They never got along, not even as co-parents. And so in my head, you know, at a young age, like, wow, I can have a family now. But at the same time, I was sad all at the same time. Right. It was weird. So like finding out I was pregnant, I remember like taking multiple pregnancy tests, like, you know, in the lab, I was like, holy fuck, like I'm pregnant. What the fuck? And my mm-hmm. sister was there. It was just me and my sister. My mom was at work. My stepdad was at work. And so we were there at the house and I was taking these pregnancy tests and then it turned out it was positive. I remember, yeah, just crying, just crying. And 
my sister was there and she's like, you need to tell mom, like, what are you doing? Cause I, I was think I was gonna, I thought I was gonna hide it right. for a long time. But like at the end of the day, you can't hide a pregnancy. <laughs> right. Like, come on now. Right. And so instead of, I texted her that I was pregnant. So imagine oh, getting a text man. from your mom at, you know, 15, hey mom, I'm pregnant. That's all I said. Mm. And man, <laughs> she called me like two seconds later. She was bitching my ass out. She was yep. like, what the, you know, she's like, and it's crazy. Cause if I'm being honest, she literally, when Pedro was there, she literally told him, she looked him in the eye and she was like, you better not get my daughter pregnant. She's not on birth control right now. If you guys are gonna have sex, use a condom. Mm -hmm. We didn't do that. Oh. <laughs> we didn't do any of that. So I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> so I gotta. I have to ask yeah. because yeah, that's a lot of changes in your life in, yeah. a, in such a short period of time. As those changes happen, what did your life and like perspective? What changed there? Ooh. Like, what did you learn from that? Ooh. From everything? Honestly, to be quite honest. I feel like I was just going through the motion of life. Like mm -hmm. I really wasn't evolving or growing. I was just living life as what I thought, you know, how mm -hmm. I grew up in my environment. Mm -hmm. So honestly, not until recently, like within yeah. the past four to five years of really evolving and growing and changing my perspective and going back into time yep. and healing those parts of me, because at that moment in time, I didn't have those tools yeah. to um, help me evolve and grow, yep. you know, and I didn't have no guidance. So right. I was yep. just I was blind, to be quite honest. My mm -hmm. eyes were not open. I did mm -hmm. not have no self-awareness at all. Right. So um, going through <laughs> going through those times, sorry, he makes me nervous when he looks at me. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, going through those times, I just, I don't even think I really had like a big aha moment. I was just like, yeah. wow, I'm pregnant. Like, yep. what do I do now, you know? And my mom told me, you know, she was like, you can either live with me or you can you know, get out and get your own apartment and be an adult. You made mm -hmm. an adult decision. So now you're going to be an adult. You have, right. a, you know, a baby on the way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I remember like even telling my mom, like she called me, she was upset. She didn't talk to me for a week, but I really appreciate it because after that week, you know, she, she then, I remember I got off of work cause my first job was at Dairy Queen okay. and, um, yeah, yeah. So I'm making ice cream and stuff. <laughs> that was my first job too. That's why my nickname is DQ. Let's I go. love that. Hey, that's where all the cool people <laughs> yep. get their first job. Okay. Yep. Seriously. <laughs> But yeah, so like I remember, like you, I remember even going into work and like just wanting to throw up because of the smell, Ugh, mm, like pregnancy. But anyway, right. my mom didn't talk to me for like a week, and I got off of work one day, and she was home and she was in the kitchen and she was like, "All right, I think it's we need to go outside and have a talk." And I remember like she was just crying and stuff, and I just felt so bad because I felt like I failed her as a daughter. Like, damn, yeah. like mm -hmm. I am, I'm a baby and I'm having a baby. Mm -hmm. But one thing I appreciate about my mom is she's just so loving and caring. And she mm. really was there for me after she got over that like yeah. shock factor of like, damn, like my baby's pregnant. Yeah. You know, she was like, I love you, you know, and she really, I love you. I, I want the best for you. Like, I'm not going to tell you to abort the baby. Like, if this is what you want, this is mm -hmm. what you're going to do. You, yeah. you made an adult decision. So it's up to you. And so um, after that long conversation, I came to the conclusion at the age of, 15 almost 16 because it was like a, i found out like a month before i was turning 16 okay and so um at that conclusion i after me and my mom had a conversation i then called pedro and i was like hey like my mom is saying like if you want to move out you can move out and get your own house at the time pedro was in fargo mm -hmm. 
And so he actually moved to Aberdeen, South Dakota to get an apartment with me. And we that's where we raised Aaliyah for like the first year, year and a half. And right. so um, when he moved to Aberdeen, that was a big adjustment too. We're both babies. He's 18, right. I'm 16, and we're no longer in Redfield. I'm now in Aberdeen, 40 minutes from my family. Like this mm-hmm. is my first time ever being away. Like At 15. Yeah, at, yeah, at 16. At this time, now when I moved out, I was 16. Yeah. And it was a shitty, shitty apartment. Oh my gosh, it was <laughs> so dirty when we walked in there. It was so dirty, guys. Like they did not clean it. It was like literally, wow. it was probably just a little bit bigger than this room. So mm-hmm. it was like a studio apartment. Yeah, right. It was just me and Pedro and we lived in there for like six months. I enrolled in high school in Aberdeen, South Dakota. And um, I went to high school there yeah. for a little bit until um, I started skipping school because I was like, like this. I don't want to go. <laughs> right. Sorry for sorry for saying guys. No, no, you're good. I, was like, I don't want to go to school. Yep. So um, you know, at that young mindset. But I did end up getting my high school diploma through good Westington Springs. I did an online program. Congrats. So um, when yeah, thank you. So when yeah. my daughter was born, um, we were still in Aberdeen, and then as you can imagine, a relationship. As young people, we did not, you know, like I was really in in it, you know, because in my head, it was like this fairy tale, like, oh, like I finally get to have my family, X, Y, and Z. But Pedro, like as a young man, like, you know, he Mm. was exploring, wanted. So like that relationship was, it was crazy. It was very toxic, but at the same time, so passionate. And like, that was like my first big trauma, like outside of my dad leaving um you know just it was it was toxic it was very passionate um it was just all over the place and like to be quite honest after aberdeen when Aaliyah was about i want to say two at the time we moved to fargo so Mm. then now i'm back in fargo i'm 18 years old at in fargo yeah and pedro's there he got us an apartment so we got our first apartment in fargo and it was going well but, you know, we had problems and, you know, he wanted to do his own thing. He was a young man. Like mm-hmm, at right. this time, honestly, I'm finally now starting to heal from like all of our stuff that we've yeah. been through yeah. because the trauma just put so much like I could not see the good for a long time. I just saw darkness and bad. And mm-hmm. so I'm actually in this phase right now. I actually, I'm to feeling. be quite honest, yeah, like to be quite honest, last night was the first night that I went back and um looked through me and Pedro's old Snapchat uh wow. chats. We mm-hmm. I still had that. I didn't even know, you know, and I, you know, I searched up his name last night and I looked through them and I'm like, wow, like I haven't looked through that for years. And yeah. like even photos of us and photos mm-hmm. of me, Aaliyah and him, like it was toxic, but we were happy at the end of the day too. Like yeah. it was just this weird dynamic that right. we had. Love. Yeah. yeah. Love Young love. Yeah. 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 And so like we were living in Fargo we were separating, getting back together, all of that crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. And then it led to, you know, just like what me and him went through. He's no longer here, um, you know, because me and him decided to do something extremely stupid. I look back at it now and I'm just like, God damn. Like, and it's crazy because now when I look back at that situation, it stems down all the way down to my childhood, just not having that guidance and mm-hmm. being super impressionable and mm-hmm. not, you know, having no one to tell me what is, what's from right from right from wrong. Yeah. And like, um, I give my mom so much grace because she did the best that she really could, you know? Right. And so like for the longest, if I'm being honest, 
if I'm being honest, I did blame her. Like, why, mom? Why? You know, like, but now I, I do give her a lot of grace. Yeah. And fast forward, you know, going through the situation with Pedro and um, experiencing what I experienced of, you know, me and him doing something so foolish and so stupid. And I look back at it now and I'm just like, fuck. Yeah. But I will say now, like, it's so crazy because if I didn't go through any of that, mm-hmm. like, I don't think I would be this person I am yeah. today. Because honestly, that moment and him passing away and dying was that moment where I, I had two options. I could either live in hell for the rest of my freaking life until I died, or I could evolve and grow and change who, who I am as a person. And if I'm being honest, after he passed away for a while, I was living in hell. I couldn't even get out of bed. Mm -hmm. Like there was moments like my victory for the day was brushing my teeth for the day. You know, my mom had to take care of my kids. Not only that, when that situation happened, when he passed away, I was pregnant with our second child, Mm -hmm. Raiden. So Aaliyah at the time was three. Raiden was in my stomach. And how old are you at this time? I'm 19. Okay. Yeah. So And how old are you now? I'm 25. Okay. Yep. So I'll turn 26 next month, July hey, 5th. Okay. Very nice. That was my son's due date. Really? Yeah. I love that. Hey, cancer baby. <laughs> yep. You know they emotional. Yeah, for real. <laughs> hey, period. Period. That's why I bring so much light to my business because I'm the emotional person. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. Ties the logical, but yeah. No. I want to take this yeah. and kind of fast forward from that point because that was a paradigm shift that Mm -hmm. changed your life Mm -hmm. and your children's life. Yeah. Before we get into the business stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What was it about the relationship that you've built with your husband? You know, Tyler. No, I'm like, Tyler. Right. Like what about it Mm. about him for people that are out there that maybe Mm. are single mother? Mm. What are some things that uh, about him that you're like, this is the right guy Mm. to, help me raise my children yeah. and, and now they're Honest, his children you know yeah, so. honestly he was there for me like he did not judge me one bit and when going through all of this chaos in my life like tyler was my safe place honestly like yeah. he mm-hmm. was there to help me and i knew that it was coming from a genuine place it wasn't coming from any other place it was mm-hmm. like very genuine and like he really cared about who i was as a person right and no one i i've never really felt like that what made anybody. you feel that way just how he would talk to me and how mm-hmm. he would make me feel safe when i was opening up and being honest with him like because mm-hmm. i throughout my life i could not do that I really couldn't open up and and tell my feelings to anybody. He was like the first person where I could be open and tell it all. And him just listen, literally just listen. And there was moments. And even too, like him meeting my kids was very special because not once did he complain. And, you know, in the beginning, I mean, obviously throughout the years, we've obviously had very tough conversations. Right. Yeah. But in the beginning, like he was just there. He was like, I just want to love you guys. I just want you guys happy. And he really took on that role. And mm. if I'm being honest, like I felt like I really kind of rushed the process. Like when he met my kids, I wanted to make sure that it was like, a for sure thing like right. i didn't want him to meet the art kids Aaliyah already went through she just lost her dad yeah mm-hmm. you know she was three she lost right in he was in my stomach so he didn't mm. have any of that but i knew like when 
time met the kids i'm like yo like when he meets them like he's gonna have to can stick around like he can't Aaliyah just lost her father Mm -hmm. you know and so like and he was there like he took on every role and he made me feel safe and if i'm being honest like he was there in the beginning of it all like he went to court dates with me to you know i was facing 25 years in prison at the time when he was with me and he was Mm -hmm. there if i'm being honest i i had some jail time Mm -hmm. he was there to watch my kids while i wasn't you know you know i had 60 days in jail so i would go 10 days in 10 days out and so um when i was in he was there and he he made sure and like that's one thing i appreciate about him he was just he was my best friend like and he was open he was honest he was real i've never met no one like him i'm like i honestly i'm like i don't know what y'all believe in but i really feel like it was god really sent him to me oh yeah for for, sure for real like he truly sent him to me to uh, yeah to help me to mm-hmm. really help me and that's one thing we always talk about i was like we were meant to like ev- help each other evolve and grow in life because that's one thing too it's like he he has helped me evolve so much in life like i honestly feel like without him i feel mm. like i would be stagnant because again right. i did not have no guidance mm. at all like the way my family thinks is very just yeah you needed like a leader yeah mm-hmm. yeah That's i didn't have that yeah and he's Strong always yeah, yeah and he's sure. always been that for me and yeah. like i just i really appreciate that about him like That's for dope. real yeah i love that yeah yeah um, i feel like people underestimate like the presence mm-hmm. of someone you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying like presence is everything like mm-hmm. when you are there that time that you are fully engaged mm-hmm. and, and you had mentioned how tyler is a great listener. It's mm-hmm. so easy for us to sit and hear someone talk and mm-hmm. just hear them. But hearing someone and listening to them is completely different. Yeah, you know? for sure. Um, yeah. So that's uh, kudos to you finding that yeah. strong man in yeah, your life, you know, for real. Um, and, and him finding mm. a strong woman. As yeah. Well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, no, absolutely. Like that. there's one thing that I've noticed, like even in our, my relationship, mm-hmm. I'm sure Zacchaeus has seen it in his relationship mm-hmm. as well Is it's you guys you continue to play on each other's weaknesses mm-hmm. and strengths. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes the, the mm-hmm. relationship so mm-hmm. strong, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. it's special and I, and I love it. And so like hearing you say that, I'm like, dang. Yeah, no, it's so hey, true. And that's like, one thing know? that we, yeah, that's one thing that we really realize about each other too, is like what I'm good at. He's not what he's right. good at. I'm not. And yep. like, we just really it's compliment each other it when is. it comes to that. And right. it's beautiful. I it love is. my man. <laughs> I love my husband. And yeah. it's funny. Cause like my family, it's funny. Cause they'd be like, you're so spoiled. I'm like, yeah, I, <laughs> As I deserve and to I be right. spoiled. Yeah. Like, come on now, I'm a queen. Let yep. Right. Yep. Well, let's, and that's my king. Exactly. <laughs> let's take this to really what I feel mm. like most people in Sioux Falls at least know you guys for, at least originally. Tell us about your clothing brand, Wake. Mm. Um, I know it's something that was an idea at one point and kind of was on the shelf. Yeah. And you helped kind of bring it yeah 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 tell me about that yeah it feels so weird because ty's not right next to me and i feel like he has such a big part because he (laughs) is the one that created wake yeah okay you know and so it's funny because back then and i always get the dates mixed up i think it's back in 2015 or whatever um so we were facebook friends so it's crazy because we we've actually been friends for a long time Mm -hmm. but anyway um back in 2015 we were facebook friends and he reached out to me and had this clothing brand wake Mm -hmm. and um he was bothering me 
about getting this t-shirt wait (laughs) (laughs) and and um i was his first customer i bought his first t-shirt okay and it's so yeah yeah i bought his first t-shirt so hey and look at us now right but anyway (laughs) fast forward when we did get together so it's crazy because I, growing up, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always had it like in my blood. I remember telling my mom at a very young age, like, I don't want no one to boss me around. I'm going to be my own boss. I'm going to make it for myself. I actually, like growing up, I was a big daydreamer and like Mm. just full of dreams. And like, I always knew that I was going to make it big somehow. And I'm not saying I have not made it big at all, but one day I will. (laughs) It's on (laughs) the way. It's on the way, baby. (laughs) But like, and, and I always had that vision in that dream. And so I remember my first experience of being an entrepreneur is, so my mom used to um, collect these bunnies. They they were like these vintage glass bunnies. And um, she had them store away. And um, one day, it was a summer day, it was just me and my sister out, and we were doing a lemonade stand. I was like, man, we can make more money. Like, come (laughs) on. I go into the shed, and I see all of these glass bunnies in the shed. And I'm like, we should sell these. You know, mom doesn't (laughs) use them. Like, let's sell these, right? So Mm. we get them out on the corner. We have all these glass bunnies. We had our first customer before my mom pulled up. And I don't know. But okay, we had the first customer. She comes up, and it's funny, because she's like, does your mom know that you're selling these? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I think we sold them for like 20 bucks. And my mom pulls up and she was like, what are you doing with my glass bunnies? I think she swore a little bit too. Right. She's like, what the fuck? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, what? We got in big trouble for that. So mm-hmm. that was like my first experience of like being an entrepreneur yeah. is like mm-hmm. selling these glass bunnies. <laughs> I got my, I got, I got in trouble for that, <laughs> but Hey, made some money. But it was a lesson. But yeah, so that was my first. So I just always knew I wanted to. And, and aside from that too, even like, being if i'm being honest like being like a trend starter in my school that was like another thing i was Mm -hmm. a trend starter growing up in my school you know i got two core memories of being a trend starter um when it comes to press on nails we're in them right now um there was one um so my stepmom she always had her nails done and i like always admired that about her like i thought that was just so cool like boss vibes and i was in fifth grade and I always wanted to get my nails done, but my stepmom was like, you can't get your nails done like, you know, like acrylic because like you're young, like you're right. a baby, you can't mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. So um, Tuesday nights, we would have grandpa nights and he would give us $20 every Tuesday and we could spend it on whatever we wanted. Mm-hmm. Mine was press on nails from Walmart. There and so um, I started buying them from Walmart and um i would the next day come to school with them on and i would you know bring extras and have glue and stuff and it started being like this little nail salon in my school (laughs) and it actually became a problem to the point that they actually banned it was jefferson elementary and they banned us having nails in school because (laughs) it was that and outside of that too in middle school um there was another thing it was called the perez ponytail i would wear my hair at the like i would do a ponytail and I wear it like at the front of my hair. People <laughs> yeah. would start doing it and be like, I'm wearing the Prez ponytail. Right. But so that kind of like really like structured me wanting to like be an entrepreneur, be an inspiration to others and yeah. empower others. You know, mm-hmm. I always had that in me. That was my gift. And so um, when we got together, I've been wanting to start a boutique 
for okay. a long time. But I knew I wanted it to be different. I did not mm. want it to be like what Sioux Falls has here. I wanted it to be a little bit of a baddie type of boutique. Right. <laughs> you know, just something a little different, mm -hmm. stylish. A little edgy kind of. Yeah. yeah. And it's crazy because the name was going to be La Mona Lisa. Like, ew, how <laughs> ugly. Like, no. <laughs> but it's crazy. And like, I had that on my mind for a while. He obviously had wake, you know, mm -hmm. and so it was crazy because one night, like late at night, he was working. I was in bed and I just remember like sending him like these long. I really feel like God was talking to me like about our purpose mm -hmm. and where we're going. And after mm -hmm. that, like after I got confirmation of God, like I, I texted him this long paragraph. I don't remember what it says, but pretty much like we're going to start wake. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And X, mm -hmm. Y and Z. Literally, he came home and the next day he was like all right we're doing this wow, we got the go. llc started yep, yep yep we got the llc started we got our first shipment it's funny because the first i was like after this we're we're gonna sell out and we're gonna be rich and all of this <laughs> no and it's funny because he let me like he let me have that like fantasy in my head and he was like you can wait this is actual work like we're gonna right. actually gonna have to sell and yeah. be business you know yep. be business people mm -hmm. but um so yeah, that's how we started Wake. Like yeah, that. that's yep. And so I just think Tyler and I just have always complimented each other on yeah. like differences on like what he's good at, I'm not good at, and what I'm good at, he's not good at. And mm -hmm. I don't it just works. Like and we just honestly like since that day, like we just have always been building. Right. Yeah. Always been building. And you know, there's been moments where it has been extremely freaking hard where it's like we want to give up. Like mm -hmm. this isn't worth it. Yeah. But then we go back and it's like, no, like we're not Done people that don't give up, yeah. you know? And it's like this, that's what success is. It's ugly to get to, you know, where you want to be, but there's so much beauty in it. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, we just have been building. And, you know, recently we announced that um, our brand is a creative agency that offers fashion, multimedia, marketing, okay. storytelling. That's yeah. And, you know, throughout the last five years, that's one thing that Tyler and I have been very mm. big on is content creation. Yep. And how we tell our story and the storytelling before a brand. And yeah. um, we just we just came to the conclusion, like, how can we help other people do that? Because how will I, that help other people? How? Um, oh, wow. I don't. Wow. Move it. Wow. <laughs> you put me on the spot. <laughs> how would I think it would just help other people um, with their audience to showcase yeah. Yeah. who they are and their storytelling through yeah. through that? Because a lot of people, they have these businesses, right? Mm -hmm. But they don't know how to tell their story. They don't know yeah. how to connect to their audience. That's one thing Tyler and I have been really, really good at is being able to connect to our mm -hmm. audience's heart. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we want to help other people on their brains right. it's like yep. you know because a lot of people they don't want to put themselves out there so right. let us help you put yourself out there without you really putting yourself out there yeah. if that makes sense no so. it, i mean it, there's definitely a sense of vulnerability that yeah. you have to have when you're gonna start putting content yeah. absolutely right. and yeah there is a fine line between mm -hmm. sharing everything and mm -hmm. sharing what you want to share. Yeah, right? so, you get some haters, guys. Oh yeah, that's inevitable. <laughs> it that's is inevitable. That's what happened. That's that's what comes with success. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's one thing that people don't like, and that's the unnormal. Yeah. You know, and right. what's the definition of normal? There isn't one. You know, and so when people continue to put themselves out there, it makes other people feel uncomfortable because they're yeah. uncomfortable with it because they don't know how to do that yeah. and they're afraid right. to do that. Yeah. And so 
I'm like, all right, listen. Just tell them that's that. But that's, that's when you can inspire, exactly. though. You can inspire them. Like, hey, you ain't got to feel uncomfortable. Like, exactly. this is for me to inspire you. Like, you can do it, too. Yep. Like, it's easy. easy. Yep. It's it so is. easy. You just have to do it. And right? it's like it's like a weight, like, off your it shoulder, really too. Is. It's just like, yeah. I can be myself. Like, you can be yourself, too. Yes, it's so, so true. It really is. And, like, you will find your people through being yourself. Yep. Like, you don't got to put on a mask. Like, yep. I know it's hard in today's society. Like, because mm-hmm. I feel like that's what society tells you like you got to be this certain way Mm -hmm. to get x y and z or to be successful and it's like no you don't you can can follow your passion and it will lead you to your purpose (laughs) how has you know the whole fashion scene and really the modeling that you've done how has that helped you really find yourself it's helped me love myself honestly because if i'm being honest so the first time that Tyler and I did a photo shoot. I actually used to cry after every photo shoot because I did not feel beautiful enough. I did not feel confident enough. And through this, it actually taught me like, yo, like, because for instance, let me, let me take it back a little bit. When you look at social media, right? You look at all these social media models, there's a certain aspect, right? Mm-hmm. You got the you got the big boobies, you got the big booty, you got right. the hips, you got the lips. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, all of us don't have that. Like right. I well, used they, to, a lot of them didn't have that. Yeah, either, that's so true. What it's you talking so about? true. I got, honestly, I, got all I embrace that. myself <laughs> so much now. Like I I <laughs> love the way I look now. And it, yeah. it makes mm-hmm. me sad that I used to be so critical of like, dang, I don't have these lips for the longest. I was super insecure about my lips really? because I would look on social media mm-hmm. and they had juicy lips and I just don't have juicy lips. Right. right? And mm-hmm. so like, you know, even just certain things about my body, you know, being yeah. a small chested girl, you know, being even smaller in height wise and stuff. And mm-hmm. it used to really take a big toll on me, but through modeling and fashion and stuff, it's just really like, yo, like I, I love who I am now. Like right. it's honestly has really made me very, very confident in who what I kind, am. What kind of advice do you have for people who can't get over that? Like how Ooh. did you take the steps forward to mm. honestly love this yeah yourself? This sounds so cheesy and cliche, but honestly telling yourself affirmations every day. Yeah. For real. And like really you gotta on, speak life. Yeah, and speak life and you literally look yourself in the mirror. And literally look eye to eye with you and like mm-hmm. tell yourself, I love you. Mm. Point out your flaws. Be um happy about them. Because yeah. at the end of the day, we all got flaws, 100%. right? Physically, mentally, spiritually, physically, we all got flaws. Mm-hmm. And so just loving yourself, affirmations. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds super cheesy, but no, it, it, doesn't. It's it really does it's help. True, yeah. And honestly, like having my daughter look up to me too has mm-hmm. been really big as well because I don't ever want her to look at herself and be like, Mm -hmm. Mm, mom i look ugly right it's no no but more so too like looking inwards like it's not just physically it's also too like do you love yourself within there are days where i'm like oh my god i feel like an ugly person not on the outside on the inside Mm -hmm. and it's like that's when you got to reflect and figure out like why so i just reflect yeah love who you are (laughs) the next question i was gonna ask actually you mentioned your daughter so it's ironic i guess i know more of raiden yeah right so he's he came to some of the groups that we've been yeah. to together and he's awesome he is but little man. <laughs> seeing the pictures and the photo shoot that you did with yourself and your daughter and then you just mentioning her really being like a little version of you yeah. right yeah like what does she represent to you oh man she she represents strength grace 
and love. That mm-hmm. little girl is so, so, so strong, especially the things that me and her had to go through together yeah. and experience. And, um, you know, that little girl been through a lot of darkness, you know, right. and, and seeing the things. And she still is happy. She still puts a smile on her face. And not only that, she's not afraid. One thing I love about my daughter, she's not afraid to ask questions and she's mm-hmm. not afraid to ask me about the past and Mm -hmm. just having that open conversation she's just such a beautiful young young girl and one thing too i admire about her is she's a nerd and i love that (laughs) i love that because that was not me (laughs) not me she loves learning guys like she really loves learning and i think she's going to be a scientist one day who knows (laughs) that might come from the environment like she's just such a beautiful soul though like she is so beautiful and she has like a mothering energy as well like she wants everyone she's a leader she's a leader Mm. she wants everyone to be happy but she's also a leader in what she wants and how she wants it. Right. And mm-hmm. um, that's one thing that I'm just happy that both of my, our kids, both of our kids are really good at expressing themselves, expressing what they want and what they don't want. And that's one thing that we've really installed in them. It's like yeah, the confidence. Yeah, yeah. The confidence. Yeah. That's awesome. Being, so yeah, she really, yeah, that's what she represents. I love that. My baby yeah, I girl. I love her. She's a boss for sure. Guys. The <laughs> other day at the photo shoot, I was telling Zacchaeus this, I got to tell you the story. Yeah. I was telling Zacchaeus this. So she had her first like creative photo shoot with me. Oh man. She's just so funny. She was, giving us the poses, telling us how to pose. And then about like 40 minutes into it, she was like, all right, I'm done. I'm hungry. Let's go. Like, dang. Okay, girl. So, so, and I, I literally had to tell a photographer and she goes, no, it's okay. It's okay. I'm like, my daughter doesn't want to do this no more. We got to go. And so, and her, um, form of payment was food. I think we got Jimmy John's. I'm pretty sure it was Jimmy Jimmy John's. John's. Yeah. Jimmy John's that night. So, so yeah, like that's one thing. I love her. She's, She's so bold. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So actually, before we get into the next part of our episode Mm -hmm. here, there's one question that we ask each of our guests. Let's talk about the journey, right? Mm -hmm. Your journey has led you here. Mm -hmm. And when we sit back and we think of exactly everything we go through Mm -hmm. and what's made us us, Mm -hmm. it's because of that journey. And there's one thing that we live by as overstepping poverty, and that's it's not a handout. It's a hand up, mm. you know, and with that being said, when I say uh, overstepping poverty mm. to you, what does that mean to you? I think breaking generational curses, living a life that is authentic to you. It can be very, very hard to live a life that's authentic, especially um, if you come to from a background that's very in their ways. Mm-hmm. That can be very hard. And I think poverty is a general statement. Like, yeah. I, I think it can mean doesn't necessarily mean like coming out from the from the hood that's i don't you know like what i take from is like even your mindset your mindset can be poverty like the way you grew up how you were raised and so that's what i think it is like taking that leap of faith and overcoming all of those struggles that maybe your parents you know had in the household or you know their mindset of what they think that your life should be (laughs) overstepping that and so that's what i think i love that yeah i love that yeah. <laughs> and now moving on to our next part of our episode here, uh, we like to open up questions to mm-hmm. our guests here and mm-hmm. what we call is round table. Okay. So I want to open that up to you. What questions do you have for Zacchaeus and I? Okay. Um, I got them. <laughs> so Logan, I got them right here. Cause I got right. some, 
And it's funny. So Zacchaeus, yes. what is it like maneuvering being a husband and father while like um while going after your dreams? It is a lot. Mm. It is it can be stressful. Uh, a lot of times when you're chasing your dreams or doing something you want to do, you know, that comes with sacrifices and making a choice. You know, before we did this, I would play video games and I would mm. do things that mm-hmm. Really, in my mind at the time when I started to, uh, well, when we had our son, it was like, I feel like I'm just wasting my time. I'm sitting here. I always wanted to build stuff, but I just found that I was wasting my time. So it was like, I need to do something productive. And that mm-hmm. led to doing this podcast. But just as far as chasing my dreams, having a family and trying to grow my family and all that stuff, that's what I do it for. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's like yeah. those things are my family really drives mm-hmm. me. With, yeah. with this stuff so yeah i, I would say that. i would say that yeah oh i love that so for you i, I really love that yeah. so for you what is it like for you like manure as being a husband you don't have children yet do you no children okay. quite yet yeah no. yeah so what is that like for you like man like being a husband but also wanting to go after your dreams and like here's yeah. the nice thing about it is yes. i have a partner that allows me to chase after my dreams, Mm. you know, and she's very supportive, Mm. you know? And so even if it's like just off the wall and she, and there's probably times where I'm, she's probably like, no, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. (laughs) But she's supportive of it, you know? And so, yeah. And so that, that like gives me like my strength and like the legs to move forward and run with my dreams, Mm. you know? And so it's, it's easy. It feels, this feels like normal. And, in this podcast, it it should feel normal. Like yeah. we're trying to teach people things that we went through and how to overcome those, you know, yeah. and that's the whole thing of overstepping poverty, mm-hmm. you know, as we grow, you grow, mm-hmm. you know? And so each again, one each one. one teach one. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Like seriously, yeah. like you're taking things out of so one good. person's head and you're putting it into the next person's head so that they have that successful mindset mm-hmm. and they can achieve things. You that's know? So, so good. I love that. Yeah. Okay, I got another question, guys. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I perfect. got two more. Okay. Let's get it. Okay. So are you a financial advisor or no? I'm not a financial advisor. I'm uh, a I'm a finance manager for billions. So well, yeah. can I still ask this question? Absolutely. Okay. Please. So what would you tell the average young adult how to prepare financially for their future? Honestly, Absolutely. both yeah. of you guys, because you yeah. The first thing I would tell them is credit is huge. Credit mm. makes and breaks mm. quite a bit of things. And there's one thing that I feel should be taught in high schools and whatnot. And that's how valuable credit is. Mm. Um, So if you can't learn it there, I definitely suggest finding a place, YouTube, the internet, Mm. um, and just learn exactly how to really start off on credit. Mm. If you're not learning it at home, uh, mothers, fathers, you know, uncles, grandmas, whatever you are, I think you should start teaching the next generation exactly how valuable credit Mm. is. Mm. Um, Just because there's so many billionaires and they use their credit to to make that money. You know what I'm saying? Right. They're borrow, borrowing other people's money to mm-hmm. make money. That's mm-hmm. so true. And so, yeah. And so. We don't get taught that. No, like, not and a lot all. of us, too, like grow up in a household like credit is bad. Don't use it because you will, mm-hmm. you know, ruin your life. Like, mm-hmm. that's how I grew up. So, yeah. so that is so good. Yep. Oh, I love that. The first thing I would say is you have to go to the core, I think, with Mm. it. Right. Mm -hmm. And as you grow up, the things that you've been through, whether you had to fend for yourself or or not, it starts with your relationship Mm. with money. Mm. Right. Like, how do you view money? 
Is it something that growing up you guys didn't have a lot of, so now you want a bunch of money but don't want to get it? Or is it something to where money has always been used as a tool in your family Mm. so you have a different perspective? So I think understanding what your relationship is with the money is the first place you start. And then other than that, it is the education. Like you have to become educated. You I mean, you can learn so much stuff, like he said, on YouTube. We learn how to do this podcast on YouTube, (laughs) you know, and I'm sure you guys go look at stuff on YouTube to learn. So, like, there's so many things that are um, fingertips, Mm. literally, that are here to help us. And we can't rely on the school system to do it. We can't really rely on our parents to do it because, as you mentioned with your mom growing up, like... She did what she could. Like yeah. Yeah. she had to be working them jobs. She really couldn't be at home yeah. because she had a responsibility of putting the to roof provide. over your head. Yeah. Right. So a lot of times people do blame it on their upbringing and where they come from and everything. But we all have the opportunity yep. to Absolutely. learn. It's so you true. Know. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Like overstepping poverty. Got to overstep <laughs> poverty. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this one is emotional. Okay. So for the both of you, so what does self-love mean to you as a man? And I know that sounds like super like girly and stuff, but I do feel like as men, Mm -hmm. you guys are like providing and not taking the time for yourself. So like, what are the things that you do that like rejuvenate you as a man to be able to provide for your family? You have to do the things that you love, Mm. right? Like even this year I was contemplating, I coach football and I was mm-hmm. contemplating it, whether I wanted to do it or not, just because I didn't feel like I would have the time. I started to think about it. I'm like, this is like one of the only things that I do that I truly love. Mm-hmm. Like, so I have to do it, mm-hmm. you know? And I notice when I'm doing those things, I feel recharged mm-hmm. and I'm able to go about my day. I'm able to go continue working mm-hmm. after or go mm-hmm. take care of my family or whatever it is. So self-love is really important (laughs) i credit you guys uh you know holding your mental health group out at the warehouse when you had it that was the first time i had ever been to a Mm. mental health group you know and i feel like from that point what's happened in my life has Mm -hmm. been in an upward trajectory so when you start taking care of yourself and really diving into you and all the mess that's been created with inside of you and Mm -hmm. start figuring things out like you start to learn who you are and you're able to love yourself more because you do know who you are yeah. at that point. Oh, so. that's so good. I yeah. get yeah. <laughs> yeah, about you. Good. Mine kind of plays off of that, but there's one thing that I feel society says a man has to be. A man has to be strong. A man has to be able to hold things together. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is in my mindset, but I feel like society always puts a lot of weight on men's sh- shoulders, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so what I feel like is men have to be more vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know, to really right. find that self love, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be vulnerable. There's, and I, it brings me back to conversations with my wife. There's younger me, I would used to just get so upset and I would just be in my own darkness. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so my mom finally gave me a journal and she's like, if you don't want to tell me this stuff, write it down. Wow. And so I started writing things down in the journal and it's probably one thing I need to go back to, but I've, I soon learned 
as I continued to write, I was able to be more vocal about the things that are hurting me or the things that are weighing me down. And so like with my wife, even like there was times when we first started, I put up walls, I put up barriers and that's not one thing you want to, I mean, you're Mm -hmm. supposed to communicate with your Mm -hmm. significant other and that's where I was at. And through that, through those hurts and through writing my journal and stuff like that and finding that self love, I was able to be vulnerable with my wife and let her Mm -hmm. in. And that's how we built this relationship. You know, that's how we built that strength. But so really for men, I mean, it's, you have to be vulnerable Yeah. and and I'm not saying that that's going to make you look weak. If I'm being honest, I think it makes you look strong. If you can be vulnerable and you can get the things off your chest and work through stuff, you're strong. Yeah, you know? for sure. And so yeah. that's that's how you find self-love, I feel like, in, mm, that's in my eyes. And the yeah, vulnerability, that was the first topic of our episode. Yeah. Yep. You know, was vulnerability. Mm, yeah. Literally, the only way you're going to grow is if you put yourself in a position yes. where you're not comfortable. Yes. Yep. And that's yep. vulnerability. So I agree with that a lot. That's Yeah, that's so beautiful. <laughs> oh, I love it. Those are good questions. Yeah. Those were. Those were. Yeah. And, you know, actually, it takes us to one of our last questions for you. Mm-hmm. And just speaking on overstepping poverty and what it means to you, I want to know exactly the five tips, tricks, and hacks you have for someone to overstep poverty Mm. and become successful and have that successful mindset like Mm. you have. I wrote them down, guys. She's prepared. I came prepared. She's a professional. So you did did ask me, though, like five tips that you would tell your younger younger self. Yeah, so... I think one of it is be patient with yourself. You Mm. have to be patient with yourself in order to stay consistent and on the right path in your life. Because when you're not patient, when you're on patient, that's when your brain, that's when you create a lot of chaos. And Mm -hmm. that's one thing for me that I struggle with is like, for instance, when I feel stagnant or when I feel Mm. like I'm not doing enough like that my on patient self is like oh let's create chaos because that's what Mm. makes me feel literally good in a sense but really it's just it's not worth it like don't do it to yourself yes it's so true like that's yeah that's one thing it's like with adhd you always have to be Mm. going man like for real nothing nothing ever is good enough it's so yeah Mm. yep it's so wow yeah i feel that (laughs) i feel that um another thing is just knowing that you are so beautiful inside Mm. and out like Mm no matter your flaws and i know we kind of talked about this with like the fashion and stuff like modeling and stuff like a lot of us you know especially as women we constantly compare ourselves to other women or like we're not good enough or they're doing that and i'm not doing that Mm -hmm. at the end of the day everyone has their own journey and we are beautiful in our own way and and god created us in such a unique way like why are we comparing to the next person because at the end of the day they probably thinking the same thing like for real Um, another one let me get my password (laughs) (laughs) everything is going to be okay in your life no matter Mm. what you go through no matter like how dark you may feel like if there's someone right now like in their room feeling so dark and so much sadness like i promise you you will overcome it Mm -hmm. keep going and keep striving and be around people who are going to support you and love you that's the biggest thing stop surrounding yourself with people who have nothing for you it's not worth it especially when you're trying to grow and evolve as a person Um, percent So this was so I know you said your younger self. One thing I wish I would have told myself when I was younger is be a kid, Mm. be a kid. Stop focusing on trying to be an adult. 
trying to impress men i think as a um, young woman who doesn't have a father in their household present strives for that attention as for From male attention yeah. mm-hmm. attention and it's not worth it it is not worth it mm. have self-respect for yourself love yourself and know that you are worthy of a respectful man stop mm-hmm. going after the troubled men who just want x y and z from you it's not worth it because you're only going to break yourself in the end right. you're going to feel so broken trust me trust me girl i was there <laughs> yeah, um and then yeah. the last one is yeah i think that's it yeah and just um have self-respect for yourself love yourself oh, i love it yeah so yes. good job yeah. <laughs> well thank you so much yeah. for coming on the podcast i yeah. know it's something that you were kind of nervous about I had the butterfly yeah did. i did well. guys if i'm Very being well. honest yeah, if you're being honest and if i'm being honest i think you did a really good job thank so you. again thank you. thank you for coming on yes thank you guys thank so you. much i appreciate it Absolutely. Yes. yay <laughs> Take us and that's here, it over seven poverty we'll see you guys next week Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Overstepping Poverty. We hope you found this week's discussion informative and thought-provoking. We know that tackling poverty is a complex issue, but by working together and understanding the root causes, we can make progress towards creating a more equitable society. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to our show. Until next time, let's take the next steps in Overstepping Poverty.